No more Pac-12 or NCAA sports for the rest of the 2019-2020 year. But did the NCAA get it right by adding extra eligibility for players? And rate your level of unhappiness without sports right now. They also have suspended on and off campus recruiting till April 15th. Who benefits from that? New commits are coming out. Mike Leach gets blasted by a player. U of A hires new people. And we have a challenge for you Pac-12 Apostles listeners. And of course, we got the fast food draft. You're going to be excited about that. I'm George Reister with Ralph Amsden, and this is the Pac-12 Apostles. Thank you guys for listening to the Pac-12 Apostles. We appreciate your time, appreciate your energy, and appreciate your support. Make sure you share with a friend and leave a five-star rating wherever you listen to podcasts. And please make sure, of course, share with a friend. Now let's get to it. Ralph, how is life under not full quarantine, but self-isolation, not with groups of 250, not with 50, but down to groups of 10 people? How are you living? Well, I'm getting close to the limit. If they bump that down to five, I think we're both in trouble, George. (laughs) I have seven people, seven (laughs) between just me, my wife, and kids. That's seven of us. Yeah. So if I, you add anybody else, oh, and then my uh, my uh, my wife's cousin, she lives in the in uh, with us as well. That's eight people, so we can't even have anybody over. Period. Yeah, we got. Uh, well, first of all, I'm. I think I, I I don't think that I'm doing my wife a disservice by 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 talking about her here, but she uh, she she has kind of one of those. Uh, jobs at one of these companies where she's the one that like makes the decisions on uh, on how to do things once everything is sort of shut down. Um, she's like an operations director for a company with thousands of employees, so she's had a pretty busy weekend. Uh, and she also like does music at churches and everything. So she had one, you know, churches aren't gathering, so she had one thing free up, and then it's up to her to figure out the logistics to how like everybody works from home and and all that stuff at her other job. So she she has a million things to do. Uh, I <laughs> I cover sports. And so my calendar is so blank. Like the only ink on my calendar is what I wrote to the, the actual days in on my whiteboard. So I've got, <laughs> I got nothing going on. So it's kind of on me. I homeschool two of my four kids anyway. And so it's just, you know, bring the other kids into the mix. And, uh, and, and so it doesn't feel too different yet. Um, but my wife is home and super busy and it's, it's been pretty fun to watch her, uh, you know, in business mode. Cause I don't really get to see it that often. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to be all right. Uh, we, I, I'm kind of a disaster minded person. I was telling you when we were talking on the phone the other day, um, I always am thinking about the worst case scenario and, and usually that's like a <laughs> psychological issue. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah. I'm not, I'm not like an overly paranoid person, but I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Like if I put two pieces of bread in the toaster, my first thought is, man, what if the toaster explodes? Like, what would I do then? You know, I'm just, I'm always thinking of like the worst case scenario. And so, you know, when I started hearing about this virus and everything like that, I was like, well, what if they shut everything down and we were all just had to kind of chill at home 
and do a huge reset on society. <laughs> and then slowly watching that come true has been like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm justified in thinking like this a, a, a little bit. So I'm finally feel like I'm not crazy. That's, that's how I feel. Um, but at the same time, it, it has been kind of wild to watch some other people who maybe weren't prepared for something like this to happen, deal with this kind of stress for the very first time. And I'm, I'm concerned for humanity. Uh, just watching people out at the grocery store. And I was on the phone with you when you were driving through the Costco parking lot the other day. That seemed like quite a task. Oh, uh, dude, it was a zoo. And okay, so <clears throat> I had never envisioned a world where Costco would be out of stuff. Like that, that just didn't even cross my mind that that were even possible. That's so, oh man, like it, it, it's just tough. It's just tough, man. And I, I knew, I, I think we have talked, talked about this for a while. I knew that where we were at was, was coming because I've talked to so many people. Oh, it's just the flu. It's just this, it's just that. And I knew that where we're at now and where we're going, which is probably a full quarantine, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. But I hoped in in my mind, I did not envision a world without sports until Rudy Gobert came out when we found out that he had the coronavirus. And that was what the day before the Pac-12 tournament was. Well, the Pac-12 tournament had started that day on that Tuesday. And the next day, the uh, the teams with the buys were supposed to start playing. So I thought, okay, cool. They'll just play without fans. And then once the NBA canceled, I was like, oh, everything's done. There will be no more sports played. And that happened the same time as Tom Hanks announced that he tested positive. And Tom Hanks, I mean, I feel like is the most, if not, if not, the most famous celebrity in America, he's top five. In my in yeah. my opinion. I mean, just because he his career has spanned 40 years and it's in kids' movies as well as like comedies. And I, I think he's like currently relevant, has always been so. Um it would be like I would, it would, I would be say like Brad famous, Pitt or but Meryl not necessarily Street. as popular. Yeah, yeah. I mean Toy Story. What what did Toy Story four do at the box office? That might be like the last blockbuster movie if we never get movie theaters back. <laughs> well, well, his his voice, but of course, I mean, you'll you'll remember his voice. The kids will remember his voice. They may not remember him, <laughs> his face, but all of us older people will for sure remember it. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I, I so I, I think, but that's who has like the purchasing power and the decision making power, right? It's adults, so it's it's probably everybody like twenty five and up, and to everybody twenty five and up, Tom Hanks, like he just was in the Mister Rogers movie, he was just in Toy Story four, like he and and he has been, he has been like box office gold our entire since like big. Life. I mean, yeah. every. Everything the the man has been in so many movies that we know, love, and enjoy, and consider some of the greatest movies of all time. Forrest Gump. I mean, he's played legendary characters, but um, yeah. So, but but no sports. What is your level of unhappiness without sports right now, Ralph? Uh, 
I mean, uh, I don't know. I I kind of welcome the reset. I think that this is uh, this is going to be really really rough for people who are kind of covering beats. Um, it's it's going to be rough for quite a few friends of ours who make a living doing this. Uh, and so my mind is kind of with them. Uh, when, when I think about, you know, what my level of satisfaction is or isn't, I immediately shift into, you know, there are so many cottage industries built up on the mega industry of sports, um, especially in content creation. You know, this is most of the people that I associate with in my daily life. And so, you know, I kind of worry for them, but I mean, as far as just like a season of no sports consumption, I, I, I look at it for me personally, is just an opportunity. You know what I, I always think about, like, you know, my calendar gets full of like all the different games that are being played, all the different deadlines, all the different, you know, recruiting is this now recruiting is, is in that season. Now, um, you know, the, the NFL calendar year started um, today and, and all those things uh, that I kind of just look at it as an opportunity for a reset and a refresh and to check in on some people. Um, so I, I think it'll be a while before I really feel sort of the the antsiness and the cravings to to just turn on a game and check out. Not that we can really even do that uh, because, you know, we create content based off of what we consume. So we're never really watching sports just to relax. Um, and so, you know, I, I, I think that that craving has sort of been beat out of me over time of just doing the job that I do. I'm okay. I'm I'm going to be all right for a while just because I think this is a really cool opportunity um to just touch base with with a bunch of people that maybe you haven't get to some things that were that were maybe uh shuffled down your to-do list, you know, look my kids in the eyes, check in with them, see how they're doing and uh and and you know, get <laughs> get on the phone with you every time, you know, some something uh breaks and just I I I don't know. I see so many opportunities out there to do valuable things um, that I'm, I'm not super worried about sports being gone, but I tell you what, if we, <laughs> if, uh, if I can't get out um, and watch a high school track meet in the next three or four months, just get out on the grass, you know, be around like live sports. That's, that's, I think what's going to do me in is being out there among people, the sights, the smells, the sounds, all that, you know, that's just become part of my daily routine. And I don't know how long I can go without without being out at an event. Dude, that's the hard part. And for me, it's not even so much necessarily the actual events for other people. It's the events for my family. Like I miss going to my kids' games. Oh, that's right. Yep. I miss going to practice. Like, like that gives me so much enjoyment. That that being gone, it really, really hurts my heart a little bit. And you were you were going to most of these uh, California um, CIF basketball championship yes. playoff games, right? Like you, you yes. were super excited about that, dude. I saw one of the greatest high school games of all time that I've ever seen in my entire life: Sierra Canyon versus Etiwanda. Um, I hope they replay it somewhere. I mean, it 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 is part of that NFHS like package where you can watch it from anywhere that's high school streaming sports, but I hope they put it on FS one or something. That was incredible. One of the greatest high school games I've ever seen. But um, yeah. So, and, and my, 
And my son who works out at some of these gyms with other pro players and all of this stuff, he's like, dad, can I, can I go work out at the gym? I'm like, Oh, son, <laughs> not, not right now. We got it. So I've turned a garage into a workout facility. I've turned one of my garages and I'm actually considering getting a Peloton at this point. <laughs> hey, have you, have you seen all these people? Um, because, you know, uh, you're around your kids a lot. I'm around my kids a whole lot. Have you seen all these people tweeting some variation of like 30 minutes into homeschooling my kids? Teachers need to be paid a million dollars a year. Do you think, you think people are going to start to kind of realize what it is that teachers do all day with their children? Oh, yeah. Think we can get some new appreciation finally. Yes. I mean, and it happens it's just every their summer, kid. right? People are happy to kick their kids out of the car on the first day of school when August or September rolls around. But I think I think that this is going to be, you know, with teachers actually sending the material home for the parents to go through, you're going to you're going to learn some things about your kid and how they learn and what they retain. I think I think we're going to build up some sympathy for a few different professions here, one of which I hope is the people who check out and bag your groceries at the store because they are getting their asses kicked right now. (laughs) Ah, Yes, dude. Dude, They're like, yo, um, I checked out and the lady was like, yo, I've been bagging groceries for eight hours straight. I barely even had time to pee. I was like, good God. And these grocery stores. They're excited because people are hoarding food and, and supplies. So for the first time, probably ever, a lot of these chains, because a lot of them are new. I know that things have happened before in life. It, they have raided the stores and hoarded everything where you have Costco shelves bare. Costco shelves. I, I went to a Costco. Dude, they're, the only thing, they had removed the pallets off the floor. That's how, that's how bare some of these aisles were. But the NCAA has made things bare as well um, with no with no sports, no recruiting on and off campus. But the NCAA now, they did the right thing, supposedly, in extending eligibility for seniors if they want to come back for spring sports. That does not include basketball. That does not include well men's and women's basketball. We're talking about baseball, softball, lacrosse, track and field. These athletes who won't get to compete at all. What do you think about that, Ralph? Because I'm pessimistic. Because even though it's the right thing to do, the NCAA still has an opportunity to screw this up royally. Yeah, I'm. I think because it's unprecedented. I'm trying to extend some some grace. Um, my hope is that they look the other way on a whole bunch of stuff and uh, and just make sure that the people who want to come back can come back, that they raise the scholarship limit accordingly. Um, this is going to have longstanding effect. This is a major moment in American history. And, and I think that um, we're going to see just how agile the NCAA can be. And I think we're also going to find out just how meaningless some of the restrictions that they had in place were in the first place. You know, we, they haven't needed to bend on a lot of the things that, that they uh, deal with up until this point, this is going to force them to be more agile. And then I think once we all have the realization that the NCAA has the agility to make some of these changes on the fly, because they had to, 
then I think the expectations of what the NCAA is and does in other situations that require a little bit of understanding and grace, like players moving to be closer to, to home, uh, you know, but not getting their, um, not getting automatic eligibility while somebody else who just got beat out and, uh, and wants a chance to start and transfer somewhere else does get immediate eligibility. I think that we're, we're going to see, um, we're going to see the NCAA unable to make excuses for, for some of these decisions moving forward. But yeah, I, you made a decision on this eligibility thing super quick, but it takes you a long time to figure out about one-time transfers. Takes you years to figure out about that. Well, uh, backup offensive lineman for the last few years for Arizona State, Cade Cote, he just got, you know, I I think it took like three months. It went well into spring practice of getting a sixth year of eligibility for him when he, you know, he broke his foot and missed most of his, what would have been his senior year. You know, that individual case takes over three months to figure out, you know, what they're going to do. And he has to kind of stand on the sideline at spring practices and wonder what his fate will be, uh, you know, me, which, and then if he's in, in school, is he on scholarship or not? The whole thing is just super weird. And then, you know, this goes down and they're all able to immediately say, Hey, if you play spring sports in the, in the 2020 season, you know, then you're good. You're good to come back. Um, and I think See, that but, some of this is just going to become like, oh, I, I don't know. It's just it, it, it's tricky. You know, I'm not one of the people that that comes out and says, you know, I'm, I am kind of anti-authority and I push back on Larry Scott and the Pac-12 a lot. But I think the NCAA does have a tough job. And there are a lot of people that work for the NCAA and a lot of them have good intentions. And I met and interviewed a couple of people who are part of the rules committee and, and, and do other things for the NCAA. And, and, and they're, they're not out to ruin anybody's day or anything like that. Um, but they're, mm, they're just big. I would, move. I would d- disagree at times. I just, I think a lot of the people at NCAA are just kind of low level employees. They're not sitting in some dark. Oh cave, yeah. You know, I would trying agree to that. hatch up ways to screw things up. I think Mark Emmert deserves every bit of criticism he's ever received uh, as the face of that organization. But a lot of the times it's just a a bunch of low level people sitting in a room dealing with the restrictions that they were kind of given that are very detached from the situation altogether. Uh, And then the NCAA as an organization ends up taking the blowback for it and absorbing, absorbing it. And Mark Emmert has pretty much shown that he's got the tolerance to deal with all of the all of the the blowback and the and the nonsense and so yep you know i i don't know i i think i think that they will show that they have agility that they didn't know that they had before and i hope that that positively affects them moving forward i don't have any hope that they will do the right thing <laughs> on, on because they've proven that they will get stuff halfway right and then screw it up or screw it up entirely because this coronavirus is going to bring up some eligibility questions like we like we already said. So if they don't increase the scholarship limits properly, commensurate with the number of players who come back, that is going to be disastrous for high school recruits who deserve athletic scholarships but then can't get them because the school is under a scholarship restriction. That's... A, that's a place be, where they, we're going to be dealing with baseball too. Baseball is already weird. Like yeah, they, they have eleven point seven scholarships for thirty five guys. 
Yeah, I never understood that. That that is bizarre anyway. And so now you're going to run into situations where guys who were juniors who were hoping to get drafted um, either don't or the guesswork is just really, really shoddy by all these Major League Baseball teams trying to figure out their rosters. So you'll have people coming back, which will stifle the sophomores and freshmen underneath them. It could. Who would have gone on full scholarship because on baseball teams, there's only like three, maybe four guys who are on full scholarship. And those are your studs. And you might have a guy that's a 30th round pick out of high school decide that the college that he was going to go to all of a sudden is getting two or three seniors back that they weren't going to get back uh, because they were leaving after their junior year. And that high school kid might go rough it in the minors instead of going to college. It's going to affect people's <clears throat> trajectories for their entire for entire sure. baseball career. Yep. Yep. And the other thing where the NCAA can screw it up is schools are closed, right? Yeah. It may, I, and I don't think that people have really factored in this. So like my, my daughter's school, LMU is closed. Kids got to get out of the dorms and everything. What if you are a kid who was like me? I went to college. Family wasn't in a great financial position. They moved because I didn't need a room anymore. They downsized. So now where do I go if I'm out of school and I can't stay in the dorms or I can't, um, or I have to move out of my campus living or something. Where do I go? Like, cause there are a lot of low income families like that were in a much worse situation than my family was. Cause we still had a place to live. My family was able to come up to games. They drove up all the time. We didn't have money, but we weren't like, we were, we were broke. We weren't poor. And you, you're wondering if somebody accepting what is essentially charity could be misconstrued as illegal benefits. Correct. Yeah. Exactly. And now this player ends up suspended, got to pay money back. Oh, because we couldn't eat for corona. Like, what do you, because remember, part of being quarantined is you actually need disposable income to to buy groceries with restaurants closed, or you're going to be spending way more money ordering takeout. So if you can't cook or don't have disposable income to stock up on resources, you are screwed. Like, like, like you, Ralph, you, you have a ton of supplies at, at home. <laughs> I, because a prepper gave them to you. Yeah. So, so my uncle, my uncle is my best friend in the world. He's 73 year old, um, Vietnam veteran. He was the best man at my wedding. Uh, he's, he's a good dude, but he was uh, living down here by himself in uh, Casa Grand, Arizona. He's about 45 minutes from me. And I was checking in on him every day, but he got kind of bored and wanted to move uh, in with his daughter and son-in-law in in Southern Colorado. Um, And he sold his house, but they told him like, hey, in order for this deal to go through, the people that want to move in want to move in within two weeks. And, uh, And so I had to go over there and help him pack up all his stuff in two weeks. And he's kind of a paranoid guy. He's kind of a doomsday prepper. And he couldn't fit it all in the U-Haul, so I had to move all of his things into my garage. And so before any of this coronavirus, before I even heard the word coronavirus, I had a garage full of like like three pallets of wax beans and ramen and uh, powdered milk (laughs) and all this and tomato sauce. 
And so it, it, that it looked like I was prepping for some kind of disaster and then the disaster uh, came. And so I have about two years worth of cleaning supplies and a bunch of canned vegetables to, to hold me over. So uh, I'm good. <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, you wonder, you know, I went to Arizona state university. If I hear that one of these kids it needs food, you know, if I turn around and I give them one of these pallets of wax beans is, is that an NCAA violation? You know? Yeah. And that's one of those things is I'm not going to let anybody starve. And so I'm not, I'm not snitching. I'm not telling whatever it is. Um, what did you think about on and off campus recruiting being suspended until 2015? But that clearly doesn't stop the phone calls. <laughs> yeah. Because Ty Thompson just committed to Oregon, the um, quarterback. Yeah. So first, Ty Thompson is somebody out in Arizona who I've gotten a, a chance to get to know um, and have also watched him, him play quite a bit. Uh, he's a big kid. He's physically really well developed huge broad shoulders he was six foot four going into his sophomore year of high school and he's just sort of his body's just sort of filled out he looks like a college player right now um he's very fundamentally sound makes good throws and he lifted his team to a 4a state championship last year when they probably had no business even being there he's the biggest guy on the field including his offensive line and so he's definitely a really really special football player um I'm, I think that, that that's a really great pickup for Oregon. And we're going to try to get him on the show, maybe even this show, um, because, you know, I'm sure he's not doesn't have much going on. I'll give him a call and see if we can't uh, record an interview with him. But uh, the the thing that my mind automatically shifted to, and I ran this by you, and, and you were kind of in the same boat, is, and I hate saying it, but this may benefit the Pac-12 as far as, the 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 dam has just been broken and all of our best players are headed to the sec acc uh big 10 all over the country um but people in the pac-12 footprint might want to stay a little bit closer to home now that their parents realize that uh, a, a disaster like the current situation that we're facing is much more difficult when your kid is out at rutgers or your kid is out at the university of virginia and you live in southern california you know, and so there's there's that element to it. And then I think you brought something up of could it actually hurt some of the schools that are recruiting in major metropolitan areas where there was a little bit of an outbreak or where the outbreak originally yeah, from? Yeah, like Seattle. Yeah, it's, Seattle. it's weird to be saying that, but it's possible. Yeah, you, you have Seattle that may be, um, you know, that's been heavily affected. The negative recruiting that can go into that, hey, yo, hey, yo, man, it rains out there. You might catch corona, you know, oh, <laughs> Ooh, you uh, you are probably, you know, I, I can see a Dante Williams saying that down at USC. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I could see that happening, too. He's not going to listen <laughs> to this. He, he, he's blocked me on Twitter. So <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. The things I hear from. Other Pac-12 coaches about this dude is is um, very interesting. He's a good recruiter. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, we 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 don't want to blow up anybody else's spot. But other coaches in the Pac-12, even coaches on staff that he's been on, they they give you that. Eh, you know, you know, he does a really <laughs> good job recruiting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. 
that's that's what they tell you um so moving on to the next thing um arizona hires a oh well actually the, the the recruiting thing i agree with you that they are going to that it could help the pac-12 schools could be a big deal could be good for the conference generally all the way around so but but we shall see um what did you oh you were the one who brought this up to me about mike leach's comments from um from dillard from andre dillard the kid he was drafted in the first round last year right i believe or either the first or second round last last year and um about mike leach moving on from the cougars to go to mississippi state dillard said i had no idea that he would leave he struck me as a guy who hated change but you could tell by the you could tell by the offense he ran but I was really happy to hear the news because the boys back there needed a change. Mike Leach isn't exactly a coach that you'd like to play for. He's just one of those guys who gets results. But the way he gets results is frowned upon by the players. He never gave off any vibe that he cared about his players on a personal level. Playing for him felt like a bit of a dictatorship. It personally bothered me. What kind of coaches throw what kind of coach throws his team, his entire team under the bus when things go wrong? But he never put any blame on himself. Calling out players, calling them fat, slow, and says he needs new players. He did that several times when I was there. It just wasn't good leadership. He compared us to a junior college women's <laughs> softball team. I was like, dude, you need to chill out. The guys were offended by that. Anyway, I'm just happy to see he's moved on, but I do appreciate him giving me the opportunity to play there at WSU. Okay, so I feel... There's so many things to unpack right here. Number one, though, I feel vindicated because we we did have some people reach out to us and say like, hey, the players aren't soft like you guys. When you say Mike Leach never took responsibility for anything and he was very quick to always throw his players under the bus... They've never complained, so you don't need to complain for them, right? Those are some of the comments that I heard every every time we talked about the fact that Mike Leach had an ownership issue, right? Like that he was just really quick to blame others, and so I and I heard that probably a minimum of a dozen times from people. Like you don't need to be offended on behalf of the players. But here is Andre Dillard number 22 pick of the 2019 NFL draft, who was around Mike Leach for five seasons, Mm -hmm. saying Mike Leach, quote, never put any blame on himself, calling them fat and slow and saying he needs new players. He did that several times when I was there. It just wasn't good leadership, unquote. So, so we, and you and I only talked about the couple of times that he did it in public. That yeah. means he's looking this team in the eye and telling them they're a junior college women's softball team. Which, yeah, nothing dude, that, against women's softball, but like Juco? Come on now. At, at, at least give them like Alabama, UCLA, you know what I mean? Like a, like a yeah. championship level team. Dude, yeah. it was. <laughs> and we have been blasting him because with, with the last year, with the whole get off of social media thing. Um, but then he's the one randomly tweeting about things about California that he's got nothing to do 
with him about California's homelessness. And like, you're like, bro, like you're such a hypocrite. And he's a really good football coach. He is. But he, but he's like a, like players, are, coaches, granted, you don't have to be touchy feely with all your players. However, when you, when you coach college players, as opposed to pro players and pro and pro players even respond differently too. Cause think about it, your job. If you feel like the, the company that you work for cares about you as a person or even has your interest at heart at all, like it cares about you, you're willing to go to more bat for the team and be more loyal to, I'm sorry, be more loyal to the company. Same thing with your boss. If you feel like they genuinely care about you, you might be like F the company, but I love my boss. He a good dude. Yeah. Yeah, there's that, and there's also, there's also, like, there's the side of, like, negging the people that work for you. You know, there's ways to do it. There's levels to it, right? You tell them, like, hey, nobody expects us to be here. Nobody expects us to compete with the big dogs, you know? And, and when you're when you're saying something like that, you're acknowledging the reputation that you have, but you're not acknowledging the reality that that means that that's destiny, that talent is destiny, right? You're saying nobody expects us to be here. So anything good we do from here on out, it's all gravy, right? And then there's the other way of doing it of, of the Mike Leach did of ripping a member of the media and saying like, why do you think we always lose to Washington? Look at the recruiting rankings, <laughs> you know, where, where you, where you do say that talent is destiny. Right. Where you do say that ultimately my guys are never going to be able to overcome because University of Washington just gets better players. That has to be so frustrating if you're playing for Mike Leach to for him to constantly reveal how he feels about your level of talent. And then the ultimate admission, the ultimate admission that Mike Leach didn't think these guys were good enough was to jump to a middling SEC program where he believes that the talent is just so much um, more naturally elevated from, from the baseline players that he'll be getting that, you know, it's did not, you say it, middling man until, until they had the uh, coach from Florida, Mississippi state have been garbage, dude. They're, they're not a middling sec program. They are a bottom tier at the, it's probably, from SEC people who cover the SEC, they'll tell you that Mississippi State, the only job potentially worse in the in the SEC is at is at Arkansas, maybe because at least M M Missouri, you're kind of away from everybody else. You got Kansas, Missouri, they got good players coming out of there. You got um, at Vanderbilt, you don't really have too high expectations. Because it's an academic school, they don't win. They did win Franklin when James Franklin was there, but that has been kind of about it. And now you're looking at Mississippi State. They feel like they should be good, but always at old Mrs. Shadow. They can't be that dude. This is he just took a job that is the Washington State of the of the SEC. Yes, he's got better talent, but he's playing in, against more talent too. I mean, but uh, so that's my question is he left Washington state where the players were junior college women's softball 
caliber level. And that's the reason that they never won an Apple Cup, yada, yada, yada. If he gets to Mississippi State and Alabama comes calling and he looks at Mississippi State's players versus Alabama and somebody asks him a question in a postgame press conference uh, and he says, well, look at my players versus their players. Do you think that's going to go over in the South the same way that it was kind of let go by the by the, you know, no, no, Eastern no, Washington media. No, 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 buddy, because it's been proven that you can win games at Mississippi State. So you don't get excuses. Uh, yeah. So. So with that said, Mike, Mike Leach, start taking responsibility, even though he won't, because good leadership always takes responsibility when bad things happen. Now, here is the challenge. For all Pac-12 Apostles listeners, I will send you an Unafraid Show t-shirt if you can get the answer to this correct. Which assistant, there's two answers to this, which assistant, current assistant, and which past assistant, no longer coaching, have been at the most Pac-12 schools? And the reason why we bring that up is because Arizona hired Greg Burns. Greg Burns has been at a number of Pac-12 schools. We're not going to name name them all intentionally. But which assistants, the challenge question, which assistants have been at the most Pac-12 schools, current and former? Send that to I'm mad at unafraidshow.com with the list of the schools and the years. And you got it, buddy. And you got it. T-shirt coming in the mail. Um, Wait, you got you got to think once the record is established that Dante Williams is he's in the middle of chasing it down right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. dude. Dante Williams is hunting it down. Dude, he is. He is attempting to be the the first. Uh, coach to to touch his uh, to touch his toes, get a check from every single Pac-12 school in the conference. See, he we're, might we're, he might do it too. <laughs> we're roasting him, and actually, two of the schools that he's been at in the last six years weren't even Pac-12 schools. They were you know, San Jose State and uh, and the one year he did at Nebraska. But I think he could do it if he if he keep if he keeps it up. He could he could he could catch them all treating these Pac-12 schools like Pokemon. <laughs> dude, dude, he's playing Pac-12 bingo is <laughs> what what he's playing. But what do you think about this Greg Burns hire by Arizona? I mean, they need somebody with California connections. They are woefully uh, disconnected from, you know, from California area recruiting. I think that they're hoping that Paul Rhodes as the defensive coordinator is going to help with that a little bit. Um, you know, Greg Burns has been around incredibly, incredibly talented uh, players in in his you know tenure as a football coach, um, you know including Troy Polamalu, he was there for the two national championships in two thousand three and two thousand four, uh, and you know it is interesting to me um, that uh, that he's sort of bounced around recently and hasn't had an opportunity to to kind of put down roots. I think he was at he was at USC last year. Um, he was at Washington state the year before that he did a little tiny stint in the NFL. Um, I'm sorry, not Washington state, but Oregon state. Um, 
and and the longest he really was anywhere uh, was he did four seasons, I believe, at ASU back at the turn of the decade from 08 to 11 and then three seasons at Cal. And so, you know, the longest he's really ever been anywhere was when he was in school at Washington State. So this is, you know, the, you never really know what somebody is capable of if they're always bouncing around. And what you're looking for is immediate improvement, right? And for immediate results in 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 recruiting, Kevin Sumlin can't be going into this season thinking that he's got five years left at U of A. He's got to go in saying that, like, if we don't make an impact in the 2020 season, uh, there's a pretty good chance that that this is going to be his last season there. So this is this is a a, a pretty big need. Ooh, well, see, see, but even check this out though. Here's the thing that people aren't necessarily realizing either is the fact that this um, is that the revenue being down from March Madness missing college football, college baseball, World Series, TV money, softball money, all of that stuff, because those are events that do make money for the NCAA. As well, it's not as much as March March Madness and the college college football, obviously, but these are opportunities that schools are missing out on money as well. So, will that then affect Arizona if if uh, Sumlin has another bad year? They might schools might be willing to give coaches a longer leash because they're like, ooh, we can't take this buyout hit and then hire another coach especially in the Pac-12 where money's already short compared to the other That's, conferences. It's a great point because there's a real possibility that there's some basketball coaches whose jobs might have been saved by everything just coming to a, a screeching halt. You know, I I very often wonder where, you know, where USC is at on on uh basically the entire staff of of every a uh, single sport out there, I think, needs to be kind of on edge because, you know, you bring in a, a new athletic director and you, you have to prove your worth to that person, you know. And and so, you know, USC men's basketball has sort of been in flux, you know, and it makes you wonder if Andy Enfield just finishing his seventh season, you know, but not really getting a chance to make a run in the Pac-12 tournament or anything like that. Um, you wonder if, if this could save his job, you know, I, I, I hadn't heard that he was on the hot seat or anything like that, but he, it could affect more than just, uh, more than just football in that, you know, if the finances aren't there to be able to make a change, if you're at UCLA or if you're at university of Arizona, when you, when you would probably, you know, maybe be considering it, if the, if things continue to go in the direction that they have been headed the last couple of years, maybe you have to eat an extra season just because of the financial situation that this has put everybody into. And those are the kind of problems that you run into when the salaries are a massive bubble in, in the way that they, you know, in the way that they have been, you still have to meet these financial obligations if you're the schools. And if you don't have that income, you know, it, it doesn't matter. You know, you will have to pay them out some way. Um, and yeah, so you, you might, you might be absolutely right about that. We, we might uh, stem the tide of, of massive coaching turnover 
just through events like we're seeing right now. Yeah, it's definitely possible because the money matters. <clears throat> and if the money does not, I mean, like there's no way that people can can act like it doesn't because it does. That's part of the reason why Clay Helton is still in business right now at USC. Um, now, with this coronavirus, though, and time being used up, taken, all of this, right? Like, you, well, not, well, I should say having additional time to spend with your family, additional, all these things. People are turning to entertainment to, you know, to have some fun, to enjoy themselves. Bill Simmons brought up a good question and a good uh, idea because we still want to see movies. We still want to enjoy the box office content. And really, it can be king right now because there's nothing else. So he brought up an idea. Uh, um, Ralph, will you explain to him the idea? Yeah. So Bill Simmons said that they should just make every movie that was going to be available in theaters uh, available at home for about for 50 bucks that you can essentially rent the movie um, for $50. And the response was uh, pretty eye opening. It was I mean, it was everybody basically saying like that that's an idiotic idea whoever spends 50 bucks going to a movie if they make it available then it would just immediately shift to like a legal download torrent streams and they would cost themselves a bunch of money anyway but the but the thing that stuck out to me is there seemed to be a whole lot of uh single people and or childless people wondering how anybody ever spends 50 dollars at the movie theater and i'm sitting here wondering uh how it's possible to spend less than 50 dollars going to a movie because I have not done that in over 10 years. It is at least 50 bucks to go to a movie. If we go to a matinee here, okay. With, with, with my family, the cheapest possible movie. It's like a $7. It's like a seven. uh, No, actually it's an $8 ticket. I believe $8 ticket for, for everybody. $8 times six people. Even though that there are seven, there is a baby. So there are six people. That's $48 just in tickets for the cheapest movie possible, which is really only in weekdays. So it's got to be a kid out of school, something. I mean, like a day out of school, something. So that's 48 bucks already. That is before, um, because I may some sometimes, if I'm not all by myself, I'm a concession in my backpack bringer. So I'm bringing my own water. I'm bringing my own, all of this stuff. So, so, but I'd, I'd say that for everybody bringing it, that costs me 10 bucks, right? At the movie theater, that's going to be like a $45 purchase for popcorn, for two bags of popcorn. Cause I need with, with six people, if we haven't eaten already, I need, Two bags of popcorn with the refill. So so now we have four bags of popcorn to split between six people. <laughs> and and drinks for everybody. Dude, this is like a $45 trip. Plus, if a family member didn't keep the baby, now we got to pay for a babysitter. Dude, just to take a family to the movies, this could be a $200 night. This is like a night at Ruth's Chris for, for, for me and the wife. 
just to see a just to spend an hour and 45 minutes watching a movie that we may or may not like. This is part of the reason why I like going to the movies all by myself, bro. So, yes, I would pay 50 bucks for a movie in the theater happily, happily. And in even if, even if I could only watch it through one time, like they used to do with the iTunes movies where you can rent them for 24 hours, I would rent the hell out of that sucker, buddy. I'd rent that thing 50 bucks. Sit your little ass down over here and watch the movie. We ain't getting up. You better not pull out your damn cell phone either. We getting all the <laughs> enjoyment out of here. Right. <laughs> Man, I we pay we pay a sitter uh we pay our babysitter about 15 bucks an hour. We got four kids. So I, I feel like some people feel like that's a lot. And I'm like, well, you get what you pay for. And it's not that much. It's, you know, less than less than $4 an hour per kid. And so, you know, if we if we leave the house to go to a movie, we're going to be gone at least four hours. Right. Because we're probably going to grab a meal. So that's 60 bucks. And we haven't even bought our movie tickets yet. We yep. have not even purchased our movie tickets yet. Uh, and then if you throw dinner in there, dinner's probably going to be 50 bucks by itself. Movies, 25. If you, if you have snacks there, you know, even more, I'm, I'm $50 for a movie. You are, you're damn right. I would pay $50 to be able to watch a movie in the comfort of my own living room. You know, I, I, I would absolutely then I can do pause it when I got to go pee. Yep. Yep. And so, and, and then you could, you know, you could turn around and invite over the neighbors or whatever you could, you know, but at the same time, uh, that would be that, that $50, that'd be going straight to the studio. Right. So, uh, it, it would be interesting to see, even if they tested it out, you know, if we're all going to be Oh, and then the that's actually the cutting out the middleman. That's actually cutting out the middleman, which actually may make them make more money. Yeah. With, with, yeah. Without having to pay the theaters. Cause because who knows how much the theaters are actually paying for the movies. I've heard I've heard that the ticket basically goes straight to uh Oh, the straight producers. straight to yeah. And that's why and, your snacks are so expensive because the snacks are actually what keep the movie theaters running. Okay. I think yeah. movie theaters, I think movie th- I think all movie theaters all across America because I think the theater experience is still I love it. I love go- I love I try to go to a movie, you know, once every couple of weeks by myself um just to kind of, you know, get a little break from cuz I'm I'm around my kids all the time because you know, I homeschool a couple of them or whatever. And so um I just that that's a nice little refresher for me. I think that movie theaters all across the country should be playing like cult classics. Like I would love to go to a theater and be able to pay five bucks just to see dumb and dumber on the big screen. You know, like I, I think that they should be playing stuff um, that it, that just are kind of cultural favorites uh, in addition to new releases. I think that, you know, and then they should make more new releases available just to stream in your, in, in your house for an elevated fee because, uh, and I know that that's kind of the direction that we're moving already, but I, I'd hate to see movie theaters just, shutter and close um because of the direction that our, our society is headed but I, I i could i i still would love the opportunity to go and watch some sports movies right like uh the air up there and stuff like that on the big screen i think uh that th- that'd be a lot of fun um you know i i know that movie theaters already do the thing where you can like go to watch the ufc fight with people and stuff like that but even like classic 
classic games. If I could go and rewatch uh, the 92-93 NBA Finals between the Suns and Bulls in a movie theater, hell yeah. Like that that sounds like a great time to me. But they, they got to make them more multi-use because I think less and less people are going to be going to new releases, especially with, you know, it's just going to be ingrained in people's heads not to go out in crowds long past when they lift the the whole quarantine order from the CDC. Oh, for sure. For sure. I 100% agree with that. Um, now on to the last thing of the day, the fast food draft. <laughs> You guys can see this. I'm going to put it in the description and I will put a link to that as well. So you can see it for yourself and you can send us your, your bracket, your 64 fast food team bracket and tell us who you would have winning this uh, this tournament because I looked at this. And mind you, I don't eat a lot of these places any anymore because I, because I like my life. But <laughs> first but of all, I, hey, hold on, hold on. Where'd you get this from? Because you sent me this ultimate fast food and fast casual restaurant bracket. Where did you find this? I don't remember. The there's there's so much stuff. I uh, dude, I'm on I'm on the internet every all day, every day. Like you are like very, you are. very online. <laughs> dude, so I'm trying to I'm trying this whole new work day, buffer day, free day thing, right? Okay. And on free days, you're not allowed to do anything. Think about work, write an idea down, anything. You, It's a free day. And so on free days, I'm like, my wife is like, George, it's a free day for you. Why are you on Twitter? I'm like, ah! I want to know what's going on. You want to be left out. Yeah. So and I'm like... I need to know because tomorrow's a buffer day or tomorrow's a work day and I'm going to be all done. Well, actually, it'd be a buffer day before a work day. So at least I can catch up on a buffer day. But, dude, not getting on Twitter on a free day is just like murder to me, dude. Uh, I'm just like, I feel feel like I'm just. You're out here printing tweets out to be able to read on your free day. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I forgot where I got it, but. Okay, so it's a 16-team bracket. I will put it out so everybody have. Um, so we can go through all the games super, super, super quick. But um, the the one seeds are McDonald's, Five Guys, Wendy's, and Chick-fil-A. Two seeds are Burger King, Taco Bell, In-N-Out, and Chipotle. So and it goes down all the way to 16s that are like, Joe Belie, Penn Station, Roy Rogers, and Wiener Schnitzel. So that that's the way it goes. And I don't like some of these matchups, but whatever. But this bracket is really cool because it's just like the NCAA tournament where you, like me, have no idea where Ju- where Joe Belie is. But I didn't know where you 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 know I. The first time I saw Iona, you know, may, maybe five, ten, <laughs> ten years ago, I had to look up where that was. So very appropriate. So, uh, Ralph, in your first game, McDonald's versus Joe Belie, who do you have? Well, I mean, it's it, McDonald's is like the Kentucky of this bracket, right? Like they're 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 the giant. They're always going to be there. Uh, 
I don't know. Jollibee. I, I honestly like I we don't have that in Arizona. We got everything in Arizona and I don't know what that is. And so uh, I, I, I got to advance McDonald's. Me too. This was an easy six teams don't lose to one seeds except Virginia. Um, and so that didn't happen this year. So it ain't happening in this bracket. And you're definitely not knocking off McDonald's in the first uh, bracket. Um, so I get, I get, guess we'll just go kind of a bracket at a time all the way down to the final eight. And then we can go from there. Um, Wawa versus Sheets for the I, eight versus nine matchup to play McDonald's. I don't even know what Sheets is. I have no idea. So I just have to go off brand recognition. Uh, and and I, I got to go with Wawa, which is that my only knowledge of Wawa is people who live east of me <laughs> in the United States arguing over whether or not that's like a gas station or a sandwich shop, I think is the pretty common oh! uh, argument that I see. And so those are always entertaining for me, even though I don't know what anybody's talking about. So I'm going to go with Wawa. Oh, I didn't realize what it was until you just said that. Dude, gas station food is completely out. I was going to advance Wawa just because they were the higher seed at eight. But hell no, I don't eat stuff from gas stations. Damn that. So, <laughs> um, so I got sheets moving on. Um, and then for the four versus 13, Whataburger versus Quiznos. I got Whataburger. Easy. In a in a in a route. Uh, this is my first major upset. Uh, I first of all, Whataburger. Uh, I, from my childhood, Whataburger used to donate fifty dollars every time the Suns hit a three pointer. And so, in my head as a kid, I'm like, "Oh man, Whataburger! They're like the best human beings on the planet, and they have the best this- Twitter." Y- yeah, and so, but I mean, this is. This is pre any of that. So I just built up Whataburger in my head for the longest time, right? Like, oh, I bet it's like the best food in the world because they give away all this money and they sponsor the Suns and I love the Suns. And the first time I ate there, I was like, man, what the hell? Like, this is just a, it's just a messy burger. And so, uh, and, and, but Quiznos, Quiznos definitely got me uh, through college. Uh, when, is, when is the last time that you had Quiznos? If you walk by a Quiznos, are you like, oh my God, I got to go to Quiznos? Well, first of all, I definitely burned myself out on Quiznos. And then everybody started toasting subs, and so it wasn't that unique. But I burned myself out on Quiznos, and I noticed when I stopped eating there, I I started watching them close, and I was like, damn, was I keeping the whole place in business (laughs) by myself? But I I, I will say I think Whataburger's overrated. I'm not afraid of all the people from Texas to jump into my mentions. I don't even see In-N-Out on here, so we can't have the the Whataburger versus No, it's the uh, two-seed in the bag fries region. Oh, then yeah, I, I I I didn't have them going that far anyway. But I'm I'm just not a big burger fan, and you're you'll notice that when we get down to the final four. So uh, I I got to go with uh, Quiznos here and big upset. Oh God, they have chicken at Whataburger too, man. What's wrong with you? Um, Panda Express or Pop Belly? <sighs> to anything over Panda Express, <laughs> Dude, I. I've only seen pot bellies, never had a pot belly sandwich, so I'm going with Panda I'm going with Panda I'm going with Panda Express, even though I can't have them advancing very far because their their rice gives me gas. So I don't even eat there. It gives me well, bad gas. 
All I know is I like Panda Express slightly less than former five-star cornerback Jack Jones. Shout out to Jack Jones. <laughs> um, who do you have in the 6-11 matchup? Carl Jr. or Dairy Queen? Dairy Queen. I, I you know what? I grew uh I we had Hardy's and Carl's Jr. because I, I I used to live. How do you have Hardy's Wyoming. and Carl's Jr. in the same place? They're like the same well, place. No, 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 no. So I used to live in Wyoming and Arizona at the same time. I'd go to school in Arizona, and then the first day that that summer would start, I'd be on a plane to Wyoming and I'd spend the whole summer with my grandparents. And that was age four all the way through 18. Then when I was 19, I moved to Wyoming and I was there for three years. And so I always had Carl's Jr. and I always had Hardy's. And they both did like Carl's Jr. Great for burgers. Hardy's great, like elite, elite chicken sandwich. But yes, but Dairy Queen underrated French fries. Plus they have the blizzard. This is a rough first round matchup. I do not respect that these two have to go head to head in the first round. And I, but I'm making the blizzard, the butter, but the buzzer beater uh, here. And I'm, I'm going with Dairy Queen. Even though I very much like and respect uh, the Carl's Jr., especially pre, like Paris Hilton, Jessica Simpson in a bikini, Carl's Jr. Because they, <laughs> the thing about Carl's Jr. is they make the burgers look so ridiculous on TV. Like they had to like really sex everything up, right? So they had to make the the burgers. They're like making women a piece of meat, and then they had to make the burgers like absurdly gorgeous in these commercials. And as of right now, today in America. There is no bigger difference between what a burger actually looks like in person and what it looks like in the commercial than going to Carl's Jr. And seeing <laughs> somebody it looks like somebody stepped on the Carl's Jr. Uh, famous star with their shoes and socks off. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the commercial, like it, it looks, it looks like the greatest thing ever invented. So for that. For that reason alone, that's a weakness for me for Carl's Jr. So I got to advance Derek. Oh, God. I totally agree with that. You are 100% right. Um, I got, for that same reason, I got uh, Dairy Queen defeating Carl's Jr. And they got blizzards, bro. And they got blizzards. Um, the three versus 14. Arby's. We have the Meats versus Taco Cabana. The 14 seed. I got to give... I got to give uh, Arby's some love for the uh, for the Arby's melts and the beef and cheddars um, that I used to, you know, hunt for spare change oh in my the couch to, to go and you buy in the middle of the day. You ate Quiznos and Arby's? Oh, Lord. Yeah, there was an Arby's within walking distance of my house when I was a kid, and you used to be able to get an Arby's melt for a dollar. And now I feel like everything at Arby's is much more expensive than it used to be but uh it was the qu quickest way to, to to be able to get a meal for a buck uh when i was a kid and i respect arby's for that so i have arby's moving on there was an arby's right across from my dorm in college uh i didn't eat there one time <laughs> like let's just i've been to arby's maybe three times in my entire life and every time i was like why did i come here so 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 you know who's winning taco cabana cabana <laughs> is winning this just off of a dude they this is one of those blowouts where you thought that arby's because they have a big name that they were going to win and then th this is like a michigan state loss is what it is in the, in the first round 
Um, next matchup, seven versus ten, Panera Bread versus Jersey Mike's. Who you got? Uh Jersey, I'm new, I'm new to Jersey Mike's. Um, my wife loves it. The number 42 there is excellent. Shout out to Pat Tillman. Uh, anytime you get to uh, walk into a restaurant and say 42, uh, yeah, respect to the goat. But uh, it, it, this is Panera um, in a in in a stunning blowout win just because of the the variety. And we're in coronavirus season and they got the soups. They got the comfort food desserts. They got the the, the fresh smell of bread when you walk in the door. Um, they, they bring it and you can get the soup and salad, the half and half. They just, there's too much going on at Panera. They, they, they've really got it working, especially for a tournament like this variety is going to be huge. And so blowout win for Panera. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was going to go with Jersey Mike's just cause I just think this is a tough, tough matchup, but you put me over the edge cause Panera has more healthy food. They have different options. Yeah, so I'm going with with Panera Bread here. I like it. I like Panera Bread for the win right there. Ah, that was a good good call. That was great rationale. Uh, the two versus fifteen matchup: Chipotle versus AGW. Oh no no A and A and W, not AGW. Uh yeah, hate this. Hey, hey, definitely. This is the this is the first real matchup that pisses me off the most. Are you serious? Yeah, A and W. A and W has the best cheese curds of any fast food restaurant. Um, Culver's is garbage, by the way. A and W has the root beer floats. They have just the A and W root beer, which is good by itself. No, it's not. Root beer sucks. Ah, uh, see, now you're arguing against the marketplace. The marketplace <laughs> loves root beer. Um, and uh, uh, but at the same time, um, Chipotle is they're kind of like in and out where they do like four things. They do them incredibly well. Um, they're an absolute giant right now. I had Chipotle yesterday um, and uh, and the world seems to be fine with less and less A&W's uh, all over the place. There used to be a lot more than than there is now. Uh, so I got to go with Chipotle. But A and W should be higher than a 15 seed. I think they got they got screwed with this seeding. Okay, so what what ultimately out of that is the is the final out of this Mac and Dick Donald wait Mac and Dick McDonald region? The uh, final two teams out of this region for you. Um, the final two teams out of this region, I think. Uh, well, McDonald's is the one seed, right? Yep. And so I have them uh, moving on to face Panera. Wow, that's very interesting. Um, me on the on the other hand, I have I have uh, th- th- this was so tough for me because it was between for me moving on it was between it became that second round matchup between panera bread and chipotle i don't really eat chipotle anymore but because (laughs) because they've had like food scares yep so i'm going with i got panera bread because there have been multiple chipotle like ebola out uh e coli outbreaks and all this stuff and once you start having food issues you are susceptible to 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 losses 
I got Whataburger versus Panera Bread in the final for this region. Man, Whataburger taking down McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, in the next region, uh, one versus 16 matchup, Chick-fil-A versus Penn Station. I got Chick-fil-A in a – this is a 100-point victory. Oh, yeah. The Chick-fil-A had its, had its uh, walk-ons in for the final 10 minutes of this. Um, and, it, and yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a, this is one of those 100 to, to 40 opening round games. Yeah. Uh, Moe's versus Jimmy John's eight versus nine. <sighs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with Jimmy John's, um, their number nine, the, the Italian, I mean, I, I, Jimmy John's is funny in that you go in and like, as soon as you order it, they hand you the sandwich, like hit you right upside the head with it. Um, and so I'm, I'm, I am, that's another restaurant that I'm burned out on. Uh, but I will say that, uh, that I have had it quite a bit and I've, they've got, uh, the Turkey Tom and the number nine are, are, are two very solid sandwiches. And so they'll get the opening round win. No way, Jose. Welcome to Moe's. <laughs> Um, wins this because for the main reason, Jimmy John's does not have the reason why I've never eaten at Jimmy John's because they don't have hot subs. You don't have hot subs. You're yeah. not a real sub place. It, it's also a little weird walking into a Jimmy John's and they, they, they decorate the restaurant with tubs of mayonnaise. Yeah. Like that's their decoration. That was, uh, that, that has always been the weirdest thing to me. Yep. I'm just like, yep. So they get upset in the first round. Next up, you got the four versus 13. Culver's versus Boston Market. I got this is a beat down right here. This is a beat down. Boston Market beats down Culver's because Culver's is the most over one of the most overrated restaurant fast food places that there is. I went to one the first time when we were playing in a tournament uh, in Nebraska uh, in a baseball tournament that my son had. I was hoping it was going to be like like Long John Silver or something. It was it was so weak. Bad food, cheese curds there. Everything there was below average. So Boston Market just by default wins this one. Yeah, Culver's sucks. <laughs> it's terrible. Um this is a that uh this is like when Oakland won their conference tournament <laughs> and they were like 12 and 19 on the season. Yeah. Like, they don't even belong in here. Uh I maybe there's some people from the Midwest that'll get upset. But this is the Pac-12 Apostles podcast. If you're listening to the Pac-12 Apostles podcast with the expectation that the people that run it are going to say nice things about Culver's, uh, it's, it's not your day. You have to find another show. <laughs> not your day. Yeah, All right. Culver, um, Culver sucks. I don't even care who they're playing. Like, yep, Culver's exactly. Dom- five versus 12. Domino's versus Torchy's Tacos. Uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to, to, to Domino's. Domino's is is like that <laughs> had like a scholarship penalty. They're like USC. Like that when they came out and made that commercial, they're like, "Hey, we know that we actually suck now." Um, you know, they, and they reformatted everything, and and it's still not good food. Um, but I I do respect a restaurant that comes out and says like, "Hey, we were really bad, and we're trying to do better." And mm-hmm. and Domino's was that was Friday night for me as a as a. As a kid, that was like, you know, we didn't have a lot of money. And the one time that we could eat out every week was ordering, uh, ordering Domino's on a, on a Friday night. And so, I mean, I, I always look forward to those Friday nights 
And I grew up to realize it's not good pizza at all, but they acknowledged it. And so point to Domino's. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. And Dom, Domino's thin crust pizza is really good because it, I like pizza cut in squares. I'm partial to pizza cut <laughs> in squares. I don't know why, but um, I do like that one. And they do have the hand tossed crust. There are some options there that they have improved. So Domino's comes out with the victory there. Um, number six versus 11, White Castle slash Crystals. I'm giving Crystals and White Castle a slash just like Carl's Jr. and Hardy's. Versus Little Caesars, Hot and Ready, number 11. Um, yeah, this is this is Little Caesars for me. Um, I'm not from... Arizona just got its first White Castle. The only White Castle I've ever had has been the Frozen from the box. Um, oh, the it's not the store. same. It is not the yeah, same. Yeah, so I, I get that there's a lot of people who, who are big fans of White Castle, but um, you got to understand Little Caesars is... Um, it's hot and it's ready, so... And, and that that's those are two things that I need from my fast food is for for it to be not just warm, but hot and also for it to be ready. And those two things are so important. And so Little Caesars for the win. Um, I, I got White Castle here. I mean, I can tear down like 12 <laughs> White Castles at once, dude, or crystals. Um, which I actually like crystals better than White Castle, but whatever. Um, 11, uh, sorry, three versus 14 subway versus churches chicken. Uh, I mean, are, are we, are we, uh, this is like the Patino thing. Like, are we still holding, uh, subway responsible for, for introducing Jared Fogel to the world and making him famous? Oh no, no. All right. <laughs> okay. So that no more sanctions on subway. No, uh, um, the Italian BMT with Chipotle Southwest dressing at Subway on Italian herbs and cheese bread is the only thing that I've ever eaten from there. Uh, it is the only thing that I would eat from there because Subway Subway just smells like, uh, well, I, I can't remember. I, I did not invent this. Someone else did, but Subway smells like a loaf of bread took a dump. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> and yeah, uh, but that sandwich... That is an elite sandwich. Uh, so, and and churches can be good. It's not good where I'm at. The churches in Arizona aren't that good. Um, there's one in Wyoming I used to go to that was the, the, that was pretty good. But uh, Subway five dollar footlongs or the 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 uh, combo for six twenty five on Thursday nights or whatever. I'm all about that. So I'll go with Subway. Dude, this is a game that would have been like San Diego State versus versus Loyola Chicago that you don't turn on until you find out that it's 10 seconds left and somebody's down by one point. Like, you don't even watch this game because this is like, this bracket should be called the the nitrates and steroids (laughs) game. Like the (laughs) nitrates, steroids, and everything else wrong with this game. I don't even really care who wins this game. But I picked churches just because when I was younger, it reminds me of my grandma. Um, well, and Subway, Subway also, it, it's kind of nice to have them in a bracket like this because just like all college basketball teams, they uh, they're lying about the height. 
it's off by about an inch. So the footlongs yep. are actually 11 inches. So in the spirit of basketball, where everybody's an inch shorter than they're actually listed as, uh, I got to give Subway some respect. Hmm. Uh, seven Papa John's versus 10 cookout. That, hold hold on. First, I got I, I still have sanctions against Papa John's. As a black man, I have sanctions against Papa John's. My kids about a year ago or so asked me, like, Dad, let's get some pizza. Okay, where where do you want to get it from? Let's get it from Papa John's. I was like, slow down, son. We don't eat at Papa John's. <laughs> but now that Papa John is actually gone, he still, I don't want to give him any money. He still owns part of the company. And granted, they've ousted him from the board. Shaq is back the face of it. So, uh, I can't. Like I like Shaq. So, so you, but you have, so you have John, you're really gonna, I mean, it's still his company, right? Still named after him. John Schnatter was permanently disinvited from the cookout and you're going to choose his former restaurant over a restaurant called cookout. I don't think you can do it. Wait, hold up. He owned that too. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is what John Schnatter said on that conference call got him disinvited. From oh the yeah. Yeah. So oh, you can't. damn. I, I, I'm not sure if you can go and choose Papa John's over a restaurant oh called Cookout. Okay. All right. Only because of Shaq. Papa John's. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with Cookout. I'm going to go with Cookout. Oh, I've, it's, no, it's, hell no, Ralph. I'm going Cookout. Yeah. Handmade like, milkshakes. I'm, yeah. Yes. Handmade milkshakes yes. over. I ate a lot of Papa John's uh, when I was. Let's see. I didn't know I, they had handmade milk milkshakes, Ralph. If you had told me me that, there would have been no question. Um, it's like a it's like a fast food mixed with a Denny's. Okay, so number two, Burger King versus number fifteen, Sabaro. I got a huge upset here. Sabaro never lets you down. They they it's it's hot. It's not always ready, but it is always <laughs> hot. When you get it, and Burger King has fallen so far down the rankings, dude. I remember when you used to be able to get a Whopper, thick piece of meat, cold vegetables. I, I mean, it made me fall in love with burgers. And now it's just not the same. So, eh, sorry, Sabaro wins. Uh, Burger King has two of my favorite fast food things <clears throat> that I've ever had. It's also just, it's not good. Burger King's never really been good. But the weird-shaped chicken sandwich that t- tasted like... uh very it, it tasted like a, a chicken sandwich you get at elementary school um that chicken sandwich loved it 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 that weird taste does not go with adulthood so if you show up trying to get that chicken sandwich now it, you'll quickly be reminded why it was probably better when you were a kid than it is now and then for a while they had this uh, big chicken sandwich is like a bacon and cheddar um thing it was it was awesome uh and so for getting me uh getting me through uh some of my adolescence i'll give the the nod to uh burger king here sbarro uh falls victim to being mall food and malls are all dying in 2020 uh this is probably the coronavirus thing is probably the kill shot that'll that'll take out some of the malls that are barely hanging on um, so the, the, it, kudos to Sabaro for even making the tournament, but they're about to go on a, a several year dry run after this. Who, oh, geez. Uh, okay. So who's your final in this? No Sundays region. Chick-fil-A and little Caesars. 
Little Caesars, uh, do yourself a favor. Go out to Little Caesars. Avoid crowds, of course. Go out to Little Caesars. Get their thin crust. It's like six bucks, and no food has ever been more worth six dollars than a Little Caesars hot and ready thin crust. Uh, but yeah, the, the, and then Chick Fil A is just dominant, completely dominant. So they're they're meeting Little Caesars in the Elite Eight. Dude, I got Chick Fil A and White Castle. That's what I got. Um, um, yes, that that's what I got coming out of that region. Um, okay. We got to move quickly through the next region. Um, the bag and fries region, 16 versus one, five guys. I got five guys. Love five guys. As long as I got money in my pocket to pay for five guys, because it's the most expensive restaurant on earth, then it's going to be five guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, five guys versus 16, Roy, Roy Rogers. Um, eight versus nine, Portillo's versus Zagsby's. Uh, I am not from the South, so I don't know anything about Zaxby's. Oh, I know Zaxby's it, sauce was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, but I do, we do have a, a lot of people in Arizona are from Chicago. So we have several Portillo's here and the Maxwell street dog is the way to go. I'm going to go with Portillo's. Dude, Port, I, I hate this matchup. I wish they weren't even in the same region because, and shouldn't be playing each other. Like this should be like a, a five versus two matchup or so i mean like they shouldn't have to play each other until the like the finals uh but i got portillo's coming out portillo's is amazing um uh four pizza hut versus 13 firehouse subs uh i don't like firehouse subs my my wife always makes me go she loves it um i don't really like pizza hut either uh but when my grandfather was around, one of his favorite things to do was take me to the Pizza Hut all-you-can-eat buffet. Uh, I do have a lot of respect. People forget about that. Yeah. I got a lot of respect for the buffet, especially that dessert pizza that they throw out there. Um, oh, so you're pizza living Hut. on nostalgia. Yep, always. Um, I got Firehouse coming out of that matchup. Um, number five, Bojangles versus Noodles and Company. <laughs> Ah, Bojangles. Yeah, dude, I got Bojangles coming out there. Their chicken biscuit in the morning. Oh, it's only it's the only one that can fight with Chick Fil A. Only one. Love it. Um, Jack in the Jack in the Crack, Jack in the Box versus PDQ, whatever that is. No idea what PDQ is. PDQ is like they they make a really good chicken sandwich. It's um, yeah, PDQ is pretty good. But uh, Jack in the Box Oreo Shake, and uh, you, you can't you can't go wrong there. And then that late night, <laughs> the late taco. night stoner menu or whatever. I don't yes, I don't partake. The, the, but uh, I, the I uh, will. soy meat tacos, those are not real meat. FYI, my brother, my brother, I have seen him drop twenty five bucks on tacos. From Jack <laughs> That'll get you fifty tacos. Yeah, I've seen him do it. I've seen him, uh, I, and so. I've again not my thing. I the jump the uh, ultimate cheeseburger. Ultimate cheeseburger is not bad uh, on sourdough. Mm, I see. I, I I would get the I would get the yumbo yak with yeast on yumbo yak. Yes. <laughs> yeah, the yumbo yak with yeast on sourdough bread with because uh, I don't like the ultimate cheeseburger because I like I, I'm I'm a uh, vegetables on my burger kind of kind of guy. Ah uh, yeah 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 I got you. Um, so Jack in the Box wins this for me. Number three, Popeyes versus 
14, which I loved in college, which is underrated, Schlotsky's Deli. Um, Schlotsky's is, is great. That is where Schlotsky's is where I first had Louisiana sauce and I've never not had three bottles of it in the fridge since then. So I'm eternally grateful to Slotsky's for introducing me to Louisiana sauce, but Popeye's has the best player in the tournament. They've got the guy that can go out and score 40. Who is uh, that? And the chicken sandwich. Oh, you damn lie. It's not better no, than Chick-fil-A's. I don't matter. It doesn't matter. They're not playing Chick-fil-A. They're oh, playing Slotsky's, right? So, okay. okay. So we're, we're going, we're going with Popeye's. Okay. I the, Yeah. Popeye's for the win. I hate Popeye's service, but I love their yeah. food. Their their service can overcome, like, like their food can overcome how much I, I hate their service with the power of a thousand suns. You, you admit, admit it, though. You Somewhere, this is a big world, and there's a lot of people in it. Somewhere out there, somebody at Popeye's, when that whole chicken sandwich craze was going on was like F this. And they threw down their apron and they threw down their hat and they went and got themselves a job at Kroger thinking that life was going to be a little bit more calm for them. And then we run into this pandemic and they're getting their ass kicked again. Someone out there did that. They quit their job at Popeye's to go work at Kroger and, and, and it's their fault. It's just the black cloud is following them wherever they go. Um, Okay, uh, Wingstop versus Long John Silver. This is another. This is a matchup I almost hate as much as Portillo's versus yeah. Zaxby's, because I love Long John Silver, dude. I love Long John Silver. I loved Captain D's when I was young. Like it, it's just amazing. It just reminds me so much of my childhood, and I love it. But Wingstop for the win, just because there's not a Long John, because Long John Silver's loses because they're not. They lose from the Pac-12 problem. They don't have enough availability. They're not available everywhere. So they lose Wingstop. <laughs> Long John Silver's is a Pac-12 network restaurant. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Yes. Uh well, I look at it this way. What's the what what does Long John Silver's do um better than a lot of other people that people don't really know about? And it's their fries. And I think maybe it's just the taste of the fries along with like beer batter fish or whatever. But um and then Wingstop, though, Wingstop has better fries. Yep. Right. Like Wingstop's got pretty elite fries and the lemon pepper wings. Um, Wingstop is by far not my favorite place to get wings, but they do kill it with the lemon pepper. And that's my favorite kind. So I got to give Wingstop the win. Yep. Uh, number two, In-N-Out versus 15 Baja Fresh. Oh, man. I remember those burrito Dos, Dos Manos days. But Dos Manos. Listen, yeah. I'm in Cali. In-N-Out. Love it, bro. In-N-Out. Yeah, uh, animal style fries for the win. Um, that's uh, that that <laughs> I I I'm not crazy about In and Out, um, but it's never let me down. Like it's yep. always been fine. Yeah. Uh, and I, again, I'm not a big burger person, and so and so um, to be and and to be able to go there and get it without the bread because the bread is eh, is kind of nice to get a protein style or whatever. But I will say the Baja Fresh Dos Manos, uh, you've got to respect it. And then the beans that fall out the back, you use the chips to scoop them up. Baja Fresh deserves respect. Yep. Um, okay, who do you have in the final in this region? Because I got Portillo's versus In-N-Out. I got five guys and Popeye's. Oh, God. Okay. Um Okay, cool. Now we got one more bracket, the Dave Thomas region. So you know who the number one seed is, Wendy's. 
Uh, you got Wendy's versus 16 Wiener Snitchel. Is this, are they being serious? Because, come on now. This is the, this is, this is the Kansas versus North Carolina A&T Tech Junior College here. I'm, I'm sure that some people eat at Wiener Schnitzel and are very serious about it and have an affinity <laughs> for it, but Wendy's is dominant. Dude, I've never in my life been to Wiener Schnitzels, and fresh, not frozen square patties are are where the business is, dude. That's an absolute win for me. Love it. Um, eight versus nine. Sonic versus Checker. Uh, <laughs> Sonic is Sonic's a really frustrating place because the food's not good. Um, the drinks are usually why people go. And the name implies speed. I know it's a reference to sound, but because of Sonic the Hedgehog, I think you show up at a Sonic and you expect it to be fast. And uh, you you can go through a Sonic drive-thru and be there for half an hour, and that's super annoying. Respect to the half-price drinks after 8 p.m. I do like that. But uh, Checkers and Rallies, they put that Frank's uh, hot sauce on their chicken sandwich to make the buffalo chicken sandwich. And that that alone is one of the best things that anybody out there makes. So Dude, I got to go with and Rallies. Checkers is and Rallies. so overrated and so 1990s. It's so overrated, so nineties. Well, that's Sonic my is, my my headspace is always in the nineteen nineties. So I that's, dude, Sonic you know why I'm going with it. Stood the test of time, and and in terms the test of, of like, too too much time at the drive through waiting for my food. Yeah, yeah, at, at times, but but Sonic is just better. And they used to have in Memphis. They used to have uh, women delivering him on roller skates, so it made it even better. <laughs> um, I know we're in trouble for that, but I liked it. Um, number four, Shake Shack versus number 13, Swenson's. If you had asked me this a year ago, Swenson's would have won this, even though I'd never been to Swenson's because I'm an in and out guy. So I felt like Shake Shack was completely overrated, but their burgers are small and expensive. However, Shake Shack has completely grown on me. Now that it's here in Cali, I'd, I'd rather enjoy Shake Shack. I think it's actually quite fantastic. Um, yeah, so they defeat Swenson's. I have to defer to the experts on here because I have never had either one. Um, but a couple of the guys that I work with down here in Arizona swear by Shake Shack. My wife loves Shake Shack. You just gave them the nod, so I'm, I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with the pop- popular mindset here and say Shake Shack moves on. Okay, number five, Steak and Shake versus 12 Wings Over that I've never been to. So I got Steak and Shake, which I, uh, but but they have shakes, hand dipped yeah. shakes. Yeah, so I'm I'm with you. I, I, I don't know what Wings Over is. Yeah, no, I, no idea. Number six, Raising Cane's versus Del Taco. There's not very many good Mexican food restaurants on this. Um, and I guess I guess the, a lot of the really good Mexican food restaurants aren't necessarily like fast food, but I think they fit in the fast casual. Uh, they should done like any any restaurant that ends in Bertos would be a would be good uh, for this category. <laughs> so and and Del Taco is like not I don't know. They they do those uh cheap 
fried shrimp tacos. Those are okay. But I just don't see how Del Taco can compete here. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I was I was trying to I love Mexican food, was trying to show it love, but but right now it just is not the business, dude. The Del Ray, raising canes just crushed Del Taco in this. Uh three versus fourteen, KFC versus Blimpy. <laughs> I have not eaten at either one in ten plus years. Um Blimpy Blimpy's uh, are are they even in business still? Again, I dude, I haven't seen one in such a long time. Uh, I had a go-to there. I think it was like a buffalo chicken sub. Um, but if push came to shove, uh, I'm going to go get biscuits from KFC and put some honey on them. And I mean, the, honey, the honey chicken, sauce. It's not even real honey. That's another. Yeah. Reason. KFC is disgusting, dude. It's just uh, yeah, I see not a the, fan. the idea of KF, KFC is, but their 11 herbs and spices is amazing. I found a home recipe for it, which, which is, which is fantastic by the way. But if it's coming, if it's coming from your kitchen, but I, I just don't go into KFC and I, I just don't, I, again, it's been 10 plus years since I've yeah. eaten there. And I think the last time I was there, I just had their fake mashed potatoes and some biscuits. Dude, so we were I, I'll out. give them the win. Because the biscuits are, the the biscuits are legendary. I mean, they're not enough to make me go to just get them by themselves. Not, but the red red lobster biscuits, though, no cheddar. Or, good lord, or uh, or Chick Fil A or Bojangles. Right, but this is the matchup, so I got to go KFC, yeah. I guess. Uh, seven versus ten. Uh, Skyline Chili, which I have no idea where that is. There's a lot of skylines out there in the world. A lot of high schools named Skyline. And ten Qdobo. Qdobo is freaking unbelievable, dude. It is like welcome to Moe's. Better. Uh, Qdobo is. I love Qdobo. By the way, their nachos are fantastic. They give you. N- never mind. I love Q. You call it. They, you call it Q. 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 Dobo. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I. That, that, I'm going to start pronouncing it like that. Um. I. Uh, I. <laughs> and I. And I just looked. It doesn't say that at all. <laughs> no. No. But that's what it is now. It's Q. Dobo now. They don't get a choice. Um. They make. So I remember Chipotle tried to introduce queso, and it tastes like. Oh. I don't know, <laughs> vomit. It's terrible. I was like, but, who were your tasters that thought that this was queso? Dude, how do you ruin melted cheese? How do you, right? So, and Chipotle, like, they they had, like, a flawless, spotless record before then. And they tried to, like, put Qdoba out of business by also having queso. And they screwed it up. Qdoba, Qdoba made Chipotle take the biggest L of all time by forcing them into the queso game. So, I got to give Qdoba the win here. Yeah. Uh, Taco Bell versus El Pollo Loco. Uh, <laughs> this isn't even a contest for me. Like Taco Bell, I, I, I do this thing where every time Taco Bell introduces a new menu item, I try it, right? I don't eat at Taco <laughs> Bell for any other reason, but when, whenever they put a bunch of TV money into some wacky new thing, like nacho fries, I'll go that one time and I'll have them and it's fine. Um, but, but, uh, El Pollo Loco, that's my restaurant, man. That is, that is my, I, you can, you can go so many different directions there. Um, you, you can get just some, um, some chicken or you can go with a burrito. Uh, I, that salsa bar is good. Um, I, I, to me, El Pollo Loco is one of my absolute favorite places. And so I got to go with El Pollo Loco. 
<sighs> I don't love El Pollo Loco, but ta- Taco Bell's falling off the map. They're 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 just gross at times now. Um, and then they also had the problem with their food. When you start having like major national issues with your food, I I gotta be out. Um, so El Pollo oh, Loco that- for the win there. <laughs> Car- their cardboard beef. Yeah. Dude, like, come yeah. on. Um, so who do you have coming in your final from the Dave Thomas region? Uh, believe it or not, I mean, I, that, I wasn't just, I wasn't just uh, giving El Pollo Loco praise for no reason. I have them uh, going all the way to the Elite Eight against Wendy's. Are you kidding me? No, no, I, I love El Pollo okay. Loco. Oh, Lord. Okay, so in my Elite Eight, I have Qdobo. <laughs> Versus Shake Shack. Okay. Wendy's and gets knocked out. What? W- Wendy's got knocked out by, by Shake Shack. Okay. Because Shake Shack has milkshakes and that are better than the Frosty. All right. Even though they do have a vanilla Frosty, which, which was much needed for a long time. Um, so my elite eight are Whataburger, Panera Bread. Whataburger versus Panera Bread. Chick-fil-A versus White Castle, Portillo's versus In-N-Out, Shake Shack versus Qdobo. Who do you have in your, who do you, who are your elite eight? Uh, McDonald's for the fact that like I could, um, I could, I mean, honestly, like I could just leave. I could do the like deadbeat dad thing and go out for a pack of cigarettes and just not come home. But if I came home two years later after being out of my kids' lives for two years with a bag of McDonald's, they would forgive me. I, I don't know why McDonald's has that effect on kids, but like my kids love that place. I could care less, but children freaking love the Golden Arches. So I have them uh, against Panera, which is a pretty strong matchup. Uh, and then I've got Chick-fil-A and Little Caesars. Um, hot and ready versus my pleasure. Uh, five guys and Popeyes, um, and then uh, Wendy's against El Pollo Loco. Okay, and then who do you have reaching the final four, and then your final m- matchup? I got Panera knocking out McDonald's uh, just for the for the variety. Um, Chick Fil A taking down Little Caesars. Uh, I have Popeyes knocking off five guys because, like I said, Popeyes has got the 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 star player right now. And then, as much as I love El Pollo Loco, um, I I just think Wendy's is too strong a brand, and they get through. So I got Panera against Chick Fil A and Popeyes against Wendy's in my final four. See, so I, I I kind of went to the next matchup because I feel like Wendy should have taken down Shake Shack in mine, but. I felt like it was only right to have an East Coast West Coast uh final, oh well semi semi-final, final four, where you have in and out versus Shake Shack. Because that's gonna create a lot of controversy. So I mean, p- people are gonna be all in watching that game. And and Portillo's just doesn't have the strength that they had a great run. Cinderella made it to the Elite Eight, but it's over once Ooh, you run into big, in and out. Big city George. You got New York against LA and knocking out Chicago. Yep. And then uh, Shake Shack knocked out Wendy's and you had the the just a heavyweight uh, Chick-fil-A just just stomping a hole 
in White Castle, even though White Castle has chicken and Chick-fil-A has no burgers, but Chick-fil-A has great salad. Their salads are phenomenal. That mac and cheese is not bad for, I mean, it's actually great for fast, casual mac and cheese. It's they, they're went the lemonade, the milkshakes, they even have seasonal items. Anyways, I, I digress. Plus, they're they're nice to you. My my wife calls it <laughs> my wife calls it emotional prostitution when I'll go to a restaurant just because somebody is nice to me. Like I go get coffee from Dutch Bros just so some nineteen year old will be pretend to be interested in what I've got going on in my day. Um, but I mean, that's a good five. I mean, if I'm going to spend five bucks, you know, might as well come with a smile. So I don't yep. care if it's emotional prostitution. Yep, and I got uh panera bread wait yeah i got panera bread versus chick-fil-a in the semifinal so that was so we got the same we got the same matchup on one side panera versus chick-fil-a yeah and then i got in and out versus shake shack and and in my final i have chick-fil-a versus in and out because shake shack is not to the place where it can overtake in and out yet ah see but this semifinal was played on a sunday so i have panera taking out (laughs) and uh no it can't be it's always played on saturday championship game on monday (laughs) uh well i i i just i i you know where are you gonna go where where's chick-fil-a gonna go to celebrate their victory george probably panera (laughs) (laughs) um so i I have panera beating chick-fil-a uh just because the best ability is availability and uh i have panera taking down popeyes in in the final what dude chick-fil-a is the champion in mind chick-fil-a just just puts a because you literally have think about this you have a place that only does chicken Versus a place that only does burgers in the final. And the chicken wins. The chicken sandwich, I mean, because they got so much versatility. They got they got shakes better than In-N-Out's. They have fries better than In-N-Out's because they got waffle fries. They, they have fresh lemonade versus uh, In-N-Out's pink lemonade. Dude, it, it's just... It's right, just a wipeout. But, yeah, but at Panera... You go in there for breakfast, you can get yourself a steak and brie sandwich, so you can fancy it up. Like you, and, and, and you, you, you could slum it with a Southwest chicken salad. You're not going to get bad food at Panera. You're not going to have a bad experience. You're not going to worry about if you're upsetting uh, social justice warriors. You're not going to worry <laughs> about if you're not going to worry about if you're you're only being influenced by the current trends. Because I don't think I had gone to Popeyes a single time in the two years leading up to 2019 and in 2019 i went probably 50 times. i don't fool with popeyes to that level because their service sucks and because jerry rice is out there with a chicken on his face mask it, it's it's just as a black man it's just it's just weird <laughs> well i i just think i panera they'll give you that chocolate chip cookie at the cash register um they got they got sodas they got teas um, you could just go there to use it as a bakery if you if if you want to. Um, it's and then sometimes you just need a, a nice grilled cheese sandwich and a tomato soup, and they no one else can deliver that. Nobody on this list. Yeah. 
I agree with uh, you. You 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 put up a good good fight, Ralph. But you guys, uh, whoever liked this, remember it is up. Send us your bracket. See who won. Uh, it will be up along with the podcast as well. Um, make sure. Oh, thank you guys for listening to the Pac-12 Apostles. We appreciate your time. Appreciate your energy. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Peace out. Catch you guys later. Send us an email. I'm mad at unafraidshow.com. Read your on Twitter at George Reister at Ralph Amson. Peace out. Catch you guys later.